Hi folks, my name is Kevin Dunn and welcome to Agency Unfiltered, a bi-weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners around agency operations, growth, and scale. Nobody knows how to scale agencies better than those that are already doing it and they're happy to share an unfiltered look into what has worked and what hasn't. Joining us today is Tyler Pygott, Principal and Chief Growth Officer of Lone Fur Creative. In 2017, his team was seeing tremendous success, growing 10x with growth in team size, revenue, and profit, but in early 2019, they lost half of their revenue in a 30-day period. Tyler talks to us about the lessons learned and the actions he took to recover his agency in this time of crisis around his sales process, his tech stack, and his hiring process. Agency Unfiltered starts right now. Tyler, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. We're psyched to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. I think this is going to be a great episode uh, at your expense because you've had a, <laughs> a ton of different learnings and, sure. and uh, a unique struggle that you had to overcome. And so uh, yeah. excited to unpack that. Cool. Uh, but before I get to my question asking, just uh, for everyone, like just set the table. What yeah. happened uh, with Lone Fur and, and kind of uh, what, yeah. uh, you know, set the, set the stage for us? Totally. Well, we, I would say kind of early on, so we grew too fast. Like we brought in clients too fast, I should say. Okay. And so, um, we kind of, we essentially, we like 10 X from January, 2016, no, January, 2017 to January, 2018. Um, as far as like uh, bottom line books, revenue, we 10 X what we were at, which is great. Mm-hmm. We started small, so numbers weren't massive for where we were at, but, um, we had to figure out like, Hey man, how are we going to like keep up with this? Like, mm-hmm. how are we going to execute these services? And so, yeah, I mean, that kind of got us to January, 2018. And then Really, uh, probably from, let's see, beginning of February till uh, beginning, middle of March, we lost half of our agency revenue. Jeez. So it was like all the retainer clients. We still had stuff coming in, but like it was like five phone calls from clients like within a 30-day period that were like, hey, we're either, we either got acquired, mm. like so they don't need us anymore. Um, we're not going to renew our contract. Uh, we want to break our contract. We hired someone internally. So it wasn't all stuff that it was like, hey, you guys suck. Like, you guys are really bad. Right. It wasn't like it wasn't performance all based. Yeah, not all of it. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. You know, it was like, man, we could have done a better job. And obviously, you can always improve and stuff. And mm-hmm. so um, that was a 30 day window of like, oh, oh crap. Right. Right. Can, I, can I say crap? I yeah. can say crap. Okay. Yeah. Oh, crap. Only yeah. crap. That's yeah, where totally. we draw the line That's on agency right. unfiltered. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So, anyway, so I was like, oh man, what are we going to do? This is a little bit of a disaster because um, at that point, we were. And I'll get into some of this, I'm sure, in some of your questions. But at that point, we were like subcontracting out a lot of the services. Mm-hmm. We had one other employee, myself, and then a, a, like a host or a pool of uh, 1099 contractors, yeah. you know, they're executing it. And so some of that was easier to kind of phase out of and not because you weren't like on, on the hook for a huge payroll or mm-hmm. anything, which was great and saved us, honestly, but was also some of our pitfalls. So mm-hmm. that was kind of uh, the disaster of the beginning of 2018, which yeah. at this recording time was not that long ago. Right, yeah, um, honestly. I remember that, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I still wake up yeah, in cold totally. sweats yeah, thinking oh, yeah. about it. Yeah, I uh, lost a lot of sleep. Yeah, season, I can so. imagine. Yeah. Um, so, okay, 30-day window. Everything comes crashing down, half yeah. of your revenue. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the attack plan? You know, it was, it was important to not just, like, think about it a whole lot and kind of go, okay, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, which was a lot more of like a, more than I would like reflecting on it was a lot more of like, okay, let's hit the drawing board. Like, how are we going to do this again? Um, and what do we do to change that? And mm-hmm. what did we learn from that? And what did we, you know, what are like the red flags that, that popped up that I can talk to now after mm-hmm. we've kind of digested and processed it. But in that moment, I wouldn't have known, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was like, okay, so maybe those clients weren't the right fit in the first place. 
And so, you know, what is that attached to? Probably your sales process, mm-hmm. that cycle and prospecting and finding new clients and stuff. And like, where does that fit? Um, so that was like part one, you mm-hmm. know, of like, where does that work? And then the second aspect of it, it's like the execution of the services. How are we doing those? And were we doing them the most efficiently or effectively for, for us and like, and how we work with clients mm-hmm. and looking back on it? No, we weren't interesting and how we could have fixed yeah. that. So. so let's focus on the sales piece yeah. first. Um, so I don't want to say black Monday, black January. Is that when it was or whatever the 30 day, yeah, sure. yeah, the 30 yeah. day window, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, February 25th to Feb- uh, March 26th. That's yeah. what I was got you. <laughs> like, I know the dates, the hours, the minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, coming out of that, like yeah. what specifically did you look back on in regards to your sales process, the way you identified clients, yeah. good fit, bad fit, like what specifically has changed since then? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, as far as the specific, specific things that have changed, so I went through the, the boot camp with uh, David Winehouse yep. and Dan Tire. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. But it's not really that awesome unless you actually do what the boot camp trains you to do. Yeah. You know? And right. if you don't do that, it's yeah. not going to be successful. Follow the yeah, steps. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we kind of tweaked that into our own style, but really we didn't have like a great sales process to be completely honest and transparent mm. about. Like we just didn't have one. Mm. Um, we'd get on the phone with a client. We would dive through connect call, discovery call, you know, all the stuff down to strategy. And then they'd ask for a proposal. So honestly, probably pretty standard for a lot of agencies, you know, and, um, but that doesn't leave any time for really like vetting out and like almost like the two-way interview of like, mm-hmm. hey, are they going to be the right fit for us? And are they, did they make enough money to even pay us? Are they going to bail because they're a startup and we didn't really understand that or, you know, or whatever the situation is. So um, we had to kind of like go, hey, what is our process and how are we going to follow it? And mm-hmm. I wish I could say, you know, a year and a half later that we've totally figured out, but man, we're a lot, like a lot further along in that. And so we started developing playbooks and, you know, actual specific, you know, I like to talk and I like to learn about clients and I like to strategize. And so my mind wants to like dive into that on call one. So it's been a discipline for me as hand, handling all of our sales. Totally. Yeah. Pull back. Yeah. Pull back and stick to the script, you know, not robotic, but stick to the script enough to where, Hey, we, we've got a, like a natural lead mm-hmm. into what that next call is. And then next call, next call. It's interesting, right? Cause the way you've kind of outlined it, okay, you prospect, then you connect, then you, yeah. you know, discover, dive into strategy, whatever right. it is. I would say for the majority of agencies, that might be considered a sales process, sure. but you're saying, well, we actually didn't have a defined sales process. So my question, I guess, is like, what's the distinction? Is it having steps or to your point, is it just making sure you attach scripts to steps and sticking to those scripts? Like, yeah. is there any additional distinction there that you would say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a combination, right? It's like uh, the scripts and the questions you're gonna ask in the, each of the different phases, you know? And so ours, you know, great, this is a HubSpot deal where we've got deal stages that are mapped out that are in correlation with each of our steps, you know? And then we've got playbooks that you attach to each of them. We have specific questions mm-hmm. that kind of lead to the next thing and the next thing. Um, and so, I would say it's like a combination of like sticking to those steps and sticking to those questions. And so that we'll make sure that we're checking those boxes next to each of those different, you know, sets of questions for each of the different phases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're not, you know, if a client wants to dump, jump to the end and they've given enough, enough information, great. We're not going to run five phone calls. We're going to run right. two or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but uh, for the most part, yeah, we're trying to like stick to those kind of scripts and those playbooks and those questions that are naturally leading from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been really a big deal for us because it's helped us also stay really organized. Most of the time, oh yeah, we've got a sales process. Okay, cool. There's prospect, you know, three or four or whatever that name of them is. Well, where are they at? Oh, they're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> that's not helpful. If there's you gray know? areas, yeah, it means there's no process. Know. Yeah. Yes. And so we've tried really hard to kind of figure that out. And, you know, again, we're constantly learning it and evolving it and, and figuring it out. But um, 
but yeah, that's kind of yeah. our, our mix as far as kind of the process we run. So. What would you say is the most um, impactful or important question that you ask now to clients that you didn't ask in the old processless sales process? Yeah, that's a great question, a single question. I, honestly, I feel like it's like just st sticking to a question like theme and maybe asking you know, like, if or like you're a piece ask, of information. Yeah, that you're it's trying like that to piece of information. Yeah. And it's like, what is the problem you're trying to solve? Like what as a client that's coming to us, what are you actually trying to solve for? Because sometimes it's, oh, I'm ready to run an email campaign. I need a new website redesign or I need a whatever. It's like, no, but really know what is the problem that you're trying to figure out in that, mm -hmm. you know, and it's different for everybody. But so we push really hard to figure that out because then we know and we've got something to like connect back to even six months into the agreement or 60 days in the agreement, whatever. Um, and so we push for that a lot harder than we used to. I think we used to just kind of go, oh, they came to us for a redesign. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, we do that stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. And sure, there's some clients that that's really the extent of it. Mm -hmm. and then, But there's others that, you know, it's like we're talking to one right now where they want lead generation. You're like, well, okay, so what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. What are you, what, what kind of leads? Like how many leads? You know, just like you're diving in further into that topic so that you understand how to build a strategy around it and how to then have connect points back to it. Sounds like you're just trying to tie whatever activities they're looking for you to do to like a business objective yeah, that's totally. meaningful. Yeah, right. Exactly. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is a lot more around business objectives and a lot less around marketing activities mm -hmm. and tactics and campaigns and that kind of stuff. And a lot of that's because the business owner, the marketer, the salesperson, whoever we're talking to in the organization, they get the business objective because that's usually coming down from high above, you know, mm -hmm. their supervisors or it's like something they've come up with, they don't necessarily know the best way to execute it. Sure. Because they're not doing it every yeah, day. Yeah, right, or, you right. Know, day in, day out, hour in, hour out. Um, and so that's where it's like super helpful to reverse engineer kind of, hey, where, okay, what's the actual problem you're trying to solve? And then let us help you figure out what the tactic is to get there, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of, I would say we focus on that a ton. Um, and then we stick to like, Everybody asks, hey, what's your budget? You know, and then I pry pretty hard for that. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, well, we don't have one. We're trying to figure it out. And I go, great. So if I came to you and said, it's going to be, you know, $10,000 a month, like what, what would your reaction to that be? Oh my gosh, that's too high. Or yeah, that's So you right. do have a budget. So yeah, you do right. have a budget. Yeah. And then I go and go down that route and I'm really, you know, I'm pretty stiff. You can obviously tell, but, uh, <laughs> like I'm really soft about it as far as just trying to like, just, I'm just fishing a little bit to kind of go, Hey, what is the reality of what they're willing to pay for? Mm. And it's not so I can go top of the budget and get more money from them, but it is to kind of go. If they're expecting a website redesign for 500 bucks, then I'm, it's great. This is probably it's not part that of the bad. qualification process. Yeah, there totally. has to be alignment yeah. around the cost and the value right. of the. Whereas in the old day, we would have just gone, hey, what's your budget? We don't really have one. Oh, okay, cool. And that Which was is it. Not yeah. And then we'll just come to the table with a proposal. Exactly. Yeah. And then you spent however many hours on that process, and they just say, well, we were expecting to pay $500, mm -hmm. and you just bid a $15,000 project. Right. And you wasted all that time. Totally. Yeah. And so we're trying to kind of go through that, like, connect call process. And I ask those questions early on and I think it's fair to ask them. And most people appreciate it when you do kind of spell it out a little bit more. And mm -hmm. some people bail because it's too high at the end, even though they said it was the beginning and you can't control that. But So um, you mentioned, so one of the key issues, right, of um, that, that month, February to March, I don't remember yeah, the dates, yeah. but yeah. Um, okay, we maybe were probably working with the wrong fit clients. So yeah. once you put more like work and shape and like adherence to a sales process, yeah. Um, what percentage of clients that we're navigating through or the total amount, like what did the intentional turn away or transition out? Like how did that increase? Was it a large percent, large amount of clients? Like how many people did you actually begin filtering out of your sales process with kind of these new guardrails in place? Honestly, I bet it's probably like 40 to 50% mm. um, over the last, you know, year. 
and I think a lot of it's just because we just ask different questions up, up front and we just, and it's not necessarily, I guess I shouldn't say different questions. It's more of like we're diving, we're just digging a little bit further. And so then they give us their actual answer and we're going to tell you if we're not the right fit, you know, mm -hmm. and we're not going to discount our services because that's just a real rough way to start a retainer with a client. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, we'll try, we'll subtract things. Well, that's, well, we really want that. Well, okay, well, it's going to cost this much. Well, we can't pay that much. Okay, well, we might not be the right fit to move forward <laughs> with, you know, and you just kind of have those conversations. So I think we're just, we are more sensitive to like gut feeling too. Mm -hmm. We do everything, so our agency is 100% remote. So we do everything with like video video meetings. So if a prospect wants to do a long-term engagement and they will not show themselves on video, eh, it might not be a right fit. So that's like a red flag that we've got on our kind of filter of red flags that, you know, you wouldn't, we probably don't want to work with you. Yeah, sure. And it's like a little thing. But at the same time, like, that's just how we function. And mm -hmm. so if you're not going to function that way, you know, fit with us, then we're probably not the right, right. partnership. Not good or bad. Yeah. It's just that, you know, totally. it's just how it's going to work. Right. Yeah. So we have a list of those things that we try to go through. So cool. I'd say, yeah, 40 to 50% of people <laughs> that we kind of turn away, turn away. The other percentage, we're going to, like, go down the road a little bit or all the way, depending on sure. you know, how we go. So. Um, just to level set, who owns sales or how many people are involved in, in sales for, for your agency? Yeah, so I do all of our sales right now mm -hmm. and we're kind of shifting really over the last like two months, shifting into bringing like strategists into that process, mm. bringing designers into that process, just as we've kind of gone through a connect call, part of a discovery scenario, and then we're bringing people in. And a lot of it honestly has been to give the clients, obviously they get a better understanding of, of what we do and they ask better questions and stuff, but a lot of it's to give clients like, hey, it's not just the Tyler show. Mm. That's the only guy you see. And you see some other people on the website, which is great. But there's more people in the mix and there's going to be a lot more, a lot better people than I am at <laughs> design or development or whatever in the mix. And so we're trying to start bringing in more like, not I'm not going to call it team sales, but it's just, it's more like just bringing more perspective. Fresh perspectives. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm -hmm. And then it makes the job from my perspective easier because I've got more brains around, like how are we strategizing this? What do mm -hmm. we do? Got any ideas? Like that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, it sounds early in that process, yeah. but have there been any lessons learned versus like, so, okay, stick to the script, stick to the sales process, holding yourself accountable, but now you're going to have to hold a team accountable. Yeah. Any lessons learned so far in like training them on the process and like training them to stick to the process? I would say at this point, I still tee everybody up. So mm. it's not, I'm still owning the, like that whole relationship with the client on, on top of it. Um, we, let's see, we've onboarded a couple clients in the last month and a half. And right now we're kind of doing, I'm selling and then I'm, and a strategist comes in or a team member comes in and then that person will stick with the client for like the first 90 days, mm. as well as like a strategist or like a project manager that they're gonna like run with for a long time mm -hmm. comes into it. So it's like a, a lot smoother of a transition. Um, we didn't have the best process for that transition ironed out on day one as far as mm. this is what happens. This is the expectation that we have from like an agency perspective as well as what the client would have. So I'd say the first one, the first couple that we did were more crashes and burns. Like we're still working with them. Yeah. There's a lot we learned from it. Yeah, though. there's some so, friction you can yeah, remove totally from right. it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Got so it. I think it, all that being said, we have gone a lot more into building a process for mm -hmm. everything. So it's not just like shoot from the hip and, you know, this client has this size of retainer, so these are the things that, yeah, let's just do that. Hmm. Well, you know, six months in the retainer, you're, just, you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> you're barely touching it because you're only working on the stuff that's, you know, moving or that you're paying attention to or that's up front, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so we've worked a lot on just developing the process, documenting everything. Got it. Yeah. Um, hard pivot from sales. Now, I think the other half of kind of your battle plan, right, the recovery plan was service delivery. Yeah. And I think, like, changing the way... What, you delivered services, driven results for your clients. So uh, what were the big takeaways? 
what did you focus on? What were the big boulders that you had to, to yeah. fix or, or crack through? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, honestly, it was a team dynamic and who was servicing it that was mm. the biggest challenge. And I think that a lot of people have gone the like 1099 or contractor route or like sub subbing it out to other agencies and stuff. I think the, the, the pitfall or the error that we made was like abdicating that authority. Hmm. So it's like that just, you know, it's like we are abdicating the ownership of it. It's like we're giving it, we were giving it away to another agency and just, but expecting them to have that same level of ownership that hmm. we did with the client hmm. ain't going to happen. Right. It just doesn't work that way. And so then like, you know, level of like attention to the client and they weren't, interacting with the clients necessarily but they just it was they were not aware of like the, the urgency of getting something done or hours required or the expectation the excellence we wanted was their timeline not yours totally. yeah. absolutely yeah. and then we were then using a lot of times we were using like their project management tool or something and so we were just all spread around you know and so we now don't like everything if you're going to work with us you're working in our project management our whole environment and ecosystem you're working in that or you're not working with us hmm. Um, whether you're a, a partner that we're having that's helping us do some development or something or you're a contractor or your employee everybody's you have to work in that environment or it doesn't work so i'd say like that piece was a huge learning um a learning lesson as far as just like abdicating just like not really paying attention to but just passing off that responsibility and so we can't pass that off any longer obviously um, and so that was a big piece and then we've pivoted from that so um what does the partnerships with contractors other agencies like what does it look like now yeah. now that you require them to come into to your systems yeah um we don't do a whole lot where we like sub out to other agencies any longer mm. we used to do that a fair amount and uh, some people do it works great. We have we haven't had great tracker work with it. it it's probably our fault not theirs <laughs> um, But so I'd say as far as just what it looks like now our expectations with looking working with other contractors uh, We're converting most of those contractors into full-time employees mm. um, And that's so they're 100% working on our our business our clients our books of business um, And really their books of business that mm -hmm. they're managing and so, I mean, that has been the biggest pivot over the last, like, even, like, early, like, in the last six to eight months has just been bringing people on board and not relying nearly as heavily on contractors. Hmm. So, example, we used to format all of our development, and now we've got a contractor that's managing a lot of the development, and then they're, you know, working with outside resources, and we're trying to hire them right now. So hmm. we're trying to bring them on full-time. And that's just because we want somebody internally that's handling it, that's owning that, makes our team better, the delivery's going to be better, clients going to be more satisfied. So it's like all a huge win across the hmm. board for that. So, how does the what's the biggest difference between hiring a contractor that you've worked with previously, trying to convince them to come full time, versus a candidate that you found that you're bringing in first time from yeah. just a completely other organization? What's the biggest difference? Absolutely. Um, I would say comfort level around man. If I've done you know five projects with you already. You're already, we already understand how each other works. Speed of delivery. Know, yeah, cadence. and I know what your quality of work is. It's, you know, there's no guessing. Um, even though in some of our, like our interview and hiring process, we've got tests kind of involved mm -hmm. and situational stuff that they're running through. But it's not the same because I haven't worked with them. So I'd say that's the biggest difference is it's easier to bring somebody on that's done a couple projects with you in the contractor role. Doesn't mean that that's what we do entirely, but that's easier probably because well, I mean you you've already qualified their yeah. level of work, their oh, ability, their scope. They're already yeah. on the inner circle; they're part of the fam. Yeah. Um, you mentioned we've we've talked about your systems a couple times. Um, do you want to give a plug to your project management tool? Like, what tools seem to work really well for you? Yeah. Uh, what systems do you lean on pretty heavily? Anything in particular? Yeah. So our kind of top foundation. HubSpot Academy. Yeah. Well, clearly. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. right. Um, HubSpot, obviously, the HubSpot CRM. Um, 
uh, Google, Google Suites. Uh, we use all their tools, Slack, Asana, and all of those tend to talk together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of our, our battle suite, I suppose. Sweet. But, yeah. Um, so I have one final question for you, but before yeah. we even get there, is there anything else lessons learned? We talked a little bit about sales. We talked a little bit about service yeah. as you kind of navigated and, and, you know, made the recovery plan. Yeah. Uh, any other lessons learned uh, that I wasn't able to articulate in a question? Yeah, that's good. Uh, good one. A lot of lessons. One of the other things that I've hit on when I talk to other people about this and our kind of recovery was software. And mm. so, the, I've t- I mean, every agency you talk to, for, for the most part, has a, a fairly significant budget towards software. Mm. So they're demoing new products, they're trying new things, they've been talked into buying stuff that they shouldn't have bought, whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, they'll spend, you know, thousands of dollars a month, tens of thousands of dollars a month on software tools. Mm. And, um, but I, what we've learned, so we did that, and we, I would say, wasted a lot of money and expected tools to kind of solve our problems. And so um, we, we've kind of changed to, we don't bring a whole, we don't really bring any tools on that we don't have like a process we're trying to solve for or an existing tool in place that this one might be better than. And so we're gonna, we brainstorm and figure out like how do we become better or become more efficient. And then so we can go out and like hire that software to make us better at that, at that you know, process or that system that we're trying to implement. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot of money that's wasted in software and that's- <laughs> Were generally... you on the wrong side of that coin oh, yeah, at the beginning? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We wasted a lot of money on a project management tool that we kind of expected to like, oh, this is going to make us so much better. No, it's not because it didn't come with, there's no like project manager it comes with that right. has process. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so you really, so that, and that's great. It's a good example. Project management's a great example because there's so many project management tools out there. And they all have like their different tint and their different style. And mm-hmm. like some people, it's like Scrum and Agile. Well, great. There's a specific tool set that's great for that. Other people are, you know, points based. Well, there's are specific tools for that. Other people are somewhere in between hours, whatever. And so it's great to know what your process, or your system is, or your, pro- your, your management style or your project management style, and then find the tool that fits for that mm-hmm. versus, oh, like Jira is great. Like, let's do it. Well, it sucks if you're not running Agile Scrum. It's clunky and doesn't work that great. But if you're, if you're running a, like that type of business, then it's awesome. And so it's kind of, again, back to figuring out what's your style, process you're trying to solve, and then hiring that software to do it. Yeah, so, so develop process first. Be intentional about which software is going to uh, unlock or enable that process. Right. Don't just chase the, what, the shiny object right, or something right. like that. Yeah, because most agencies that are wasting money on tools are buying the software and then then they're having to like allocate hours, man hours and resource to figure out how to use the software. And then, okay, now how do we integrate this? And it might not even be the right tool to begin with. They would have no idea. Um, Final question for you. Ask this to every guest. What's the weirdest part of agency life? The weirdest Just the absolute weirdest. Some people go like weird anecdote. Some people have like just the aspect of the life in general. Honestly, I feel like the weirdest part is customer conversations and <laughs> some are just hilarious. Some of you get off hmm. the phone and you're just like, what did they just ask me to do? <laughs> or, you know, they're just, everybody's different. And like, it's I, it's the people component that's always the weirdest. The yeah. questions you get, the people that think that their business is so unique, but you're like, dude, I've talked to three people in the last hour that are the exact same, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're using different words, but they're the same. Um, so I think it's the people component, the client component. Um, our, it, I think the people put on our team, like I've got, We've got a designer on our team and we I asked her, Hey, what do you want to do in like three years or something? You know, and you know, I have no idea where that question goes sure. in that, you know, even in the interview process or whatever. And she's like, I really have had this dream of opening a tattoo parlor. And I'm like, hmm, that's awesome. I did not have any expectation you would say that. Like mm-hmm. I have no idea what you're gonna say, but that's like so far out of the field. 
So I just feel like the people aspect is like yeah. the weirdest, and that's probably like the dumbest answer. I don't no, that fits the bill. That is like absolutely just, weird. just so, the 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 yeah. range of personality yeah. types and people oh, yeah, that you totally. get to uh, interact with and yeah. come across is just it's, it's just unlike comical. any other. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. That's yeah. all I have for you. So for I sure. really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That's been Agency Unfiltered. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you saw, heard, or read, make sure to subscribe to our playlist on YouTube, our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or our newsletter on agencyunfiltered.com. Alongside episode launch notifications, the newsletter also comes with a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content from yours truly. And if you want to keep the conversation going or provide a counterpoint to this episode's discussion, tweet me at, at Kevin underscore Dunn. I'll see you again in two weeks, but in the meantime, keep it unfiltered and let's all grow.